Shalom to all. Today's office, Kshubasaf Lamed Zion. We are starting Lamed Vavon Bey's the bottom line, the eighth to last word on the line. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Basab, Yaakov, Maisha, Hernes, Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas, Mars, Freyde, Chai, Bey, Labas, Vyitzchak, Tzvi, Hernes, Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah. And in honor of the sixth yard site of Mrs. Eva Chapman, Mars, Chava, Leah, Basab, Yosef, Leib, Hernes, Shama, Shadav, and Aliyah. And she should be Mayo, Tisha, for her family and all of Klal Yisrael. Now, Behuda Ramishna had said that a woman who was captured is still assumed to be Bikdu Shasa and that she wasn't violated. Therefore, if she was Nanas after being redeemed, she deserves Kanas because we assume that she's still a Basula. Now, Rabbi Yechon understood that to be an absolute. The Rabbi Huda isn't saying this only regarding Kanas. He would apply this din that Bikdushasa Kaima even in other situations. But now the Gemara says, Rabbi Yechon, 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 Rabbi Rabbi Yechon, 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 Rabbi Rabbi Yechon, 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 Rabbi Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Rabbi She's like all women, and she's metame things retroactively either from a 24 hour period or from the last badika that she did. Now, even though the question is not going to be coming from this part of the Bryce, so let's just explain it. A woman that becomes a Nida is now Tame and is also metame Truma or Kachim that she touches. Midrabanan, anything she touched previously is also Tame. How far back do we go? So either we go Me'esla Ace, a 24 hour period, or Me'pikida Pikida from the last time she checked herself. This woman who is Megayer, so only now she's a Yid and now she sees Dam. So Abihuda says, She's only Matame from now and on. We're not going to Matame anything retroactively. Rabbi Yaisi says we are going to Matame something she touched retroactively. The Brahsa continues, This woman that became a Gyaris, she has to wait three months before she gets married. Diver Rabbi Huda, that's Rabbi Huda's opinion. Rabbi Yaisi Mater, Liars, Lunas, Miyad, Rabbi Yaisi allows her to get engaged and married right away. We've learned in Mesechsivamus many times that when a woman gets divorced or widowed, she has to wait three months before remarrying in order to determine if she's pregnant from her previous husband. So, too, this woman who just became a Gyaris, according to Rabbi Huda, she has to wait three months. So, we clearly see the Rabbi Huda holds that a woman who underwent Geras is suspected to have had relations when she was a non-Jew. So Amalei Rav Yesa responded to him, Geras Ashvuya Karamis? You're asking a question from Geras onto Shvuya? Geras Lemonatra a woman who became a Geras before she became a Geras while she was still a non-Jew, she's not going to watch herself and she's for sure going to be nivel to someone. But Shvuya Menatra a Jewish woman who is captured by non-Jews, she's going to guard herself and make sure that she remains Bikdu Shasa. So Pop continued asking, Rami Shvuya Ashvuya, so I'll ask you a steer of Shvuya on itself. Titan you have a Braisa, Hagiaras Vashvuya all these women were either redeemed or they became a Gyaras or they were freed from slavery and they were older than three years old. They have to wait three months before they get married. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. Rabbi Yassi allows him to get engaged and married right away. So here we see very clearly Rabbi Huda holds that a woman who is captured after she's released, she has to wait three months because maybe she became pregnant from one of her captors. Obviously, she's not Bikdu Shasa. So Ishtak Rabbi Yassi was quiet. He didn't answer the question. Armalei Rabbi Yassi asked him, Midi Shmila Chabaha, did you hear anything about this? Amr Leis, our papa told him, Hachi Amr Shesha says what Shesha said, Shiru'a Shanivala, Rabbi Huda's talking about a scenario where they saw that she was nivel to one of her captors. In such a situation, she has to wait three months. However, if we never saw that she was nivel to one of her captors, so then we say, Bikdu Shasa Kaima. The Gemara asks, Ihachi, if that's really so, that we know that she was nivel to one of her captors, my time with Rabbi Yesi, what's Rabbi Yesi's reasoning that he allows her to get married right away? So Amr Rabbi, he explains, Kosav Rabbi Yesi, Rabbi Yesi holds, Isha Mazana, Mishamesha's Bamaich. If a woman is Mazana, which means if she's involved in some sort of act of Znos, so she's going to be Mishamesh with a Maich, she's going to use a cloth of sorts to absorb all the zera shalaitis aber, so she's not going to become pregnant. The Gemara analyzes Bishlam Giyaris. We can say that by Giyaris, since she has a mind that she's going to become a Giyaris, so she's going to guard herself, and even if she has relations still as a non-Jew, she's going to make sure that she has this meich prepared, because she knows soon she's going to become a Jew, and she doesn't want to become pregnant from this non-Jew who she's being with right now. Shvuyanami, also if a woman's captured, she doesn't know when her captors are going to come for her to sell her. It's very possible they're going to come, bring her to be sold on the slave market right 
right away, and a Jew is going to redeem her. So even if they're going to be with her, she's going to make sure to have this meich. Shevchanami, also maidservant, to Shamapimara. She hears from her master that he intends on redeeming her, and when she's redeemed, she's considered a full fledged Jew. So also then, if she's going to have Tashmish, she's going to make sure to have a meich. What about a Shifcha who goes free? The Pasuk tells us that if a master knocks out his servant or maid servant's tooth or eye, so they go free right away. What could we explain in that situation? She didn't know that her tooth or eye is going to get knocked out. Then when she had Tashmish previously, she's going to make sure to soak it up with the mic so that she doesn't get pregnant. And Chitim, if you're going to suggest that call that if it's a situation of Mamela, meaning it's something which is unplanned, she didn't know that she was going to go free with Shem Va'ayin, so even her Biyasi would say that she would have to wait three months. That's not so because Harei Anusa Mafuta, a woman who is seduced or violated, the Mamela, that's Mamela, she doesn't know this is going to happen to her. Rabbi Huda holds that Anusa Mafuta, they have to wait three months after this happened to them. Rabbi Yaisi allows him to get married right away, even in a case of Ines. So we see the Rabbi Yaisi holds, even if it's a memela, it's something which is unplanned, she doesn't have to wait. Why not? So Allah Rabba, Rabba tells us, some say the proper gear says, Abaya telling us this, Rabbi Yaisi holds, A woman who's involved in active nos, she's going to turn over at some sort of maneuver that she's able to do, and that's going to make sure that she doesn't become pregnant. And that's not something that she needs pre-planning beforehand. She doesn't have to have a mic with her, it's not like she has to prepare a cloth of some sort. Right away, after Tashmish, she does this maneuver, and then she's going to make sure she doesn't become pregnant. Ve'idach, what about Rabbi Huda? Why doesn't he agree to that? He's still chashish that maybe she didn't do this maneuver properly, and perhaps she did become pregnant, and therefore Rabbi Huda says she has to wait three months. Now going on to explain the final part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah concluded with Alima that if he was Ma'anis' daughter or someone else that he would be chav misa for, he gets misa and does not pay the knas. And the Pasuk quoted was, anish. The Gemara asked, that's where we learn it from? We learn it from a different Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us, that a person gets punished because of his wickedness. What do we learn from here? We can only be him for one rishas, not for two rishayas, not for two wickednesses. If he did one act and he's technically chayv two things for that, we're only going to be him one of those things. So we learn it from this Pasuk of Kedeh not from the Pasuk of So Gemara says, no, we have two different limudim. One Pasuk tells us that if he didn't act and he's chayv miso and mamain for that, he's only going to get miso. And the other Pasuk tells us if he doesn't act and he's chayv both Malkus and Mamun for that act, he's only Chayv Malkus and not Mamun. And it's we need both Psukim. If we only had the Pasuk teaching us about Misa and Mamun, I might say Mishum to Ika Ibn Neshama over there since he's going to lose his life, since he's going to be killed. So the Pasuk tells us he only gets one punishment, not two punishments, because it's very Chamer to lose your life. But if he's over something, he deserves Malkus and to have to make a Mamun as payment. Over there, he's not going to be losing his soul if he gets Malkus. I might say that we're not going to let him get away with only one punishment, and he would have to have both punishments. He would also have to pay Mamun. So therefore, I need a Pasuk by Malkus and Mamun as well to say he only gets one punishment. And we ask me, you know, Malkus Mamun, if we only have the Pasuk of Malkus Mamun, I might say the only reason why he only gets one punishment is Mishim Dalai What he did wasn't so Chamer. He only did something that he gets Malkus for. So therefore he gets Malkus and he doesn't also have to pay Mamun. Avo Misu Mamun, the Chamer Yisure. But if he did something that he's Chayv Misa and Mamun is for, he did something which is very Chamer. He's Chayv Misa for that. Amalai, I might say he might not be allowed to get away with only one punishment. He would have to get both punishments. Tricha, that's why I need both Psukim. As the Gemara Ulur Amayor, Kornsha Amayor, the Amr Laiku Mishalim, he says a person will get Malkus and have to make a monetary payment. So, Tartu Lamali, what do we need these two psukim for? The Gemara answers, Chadim Misu Mamun. One is telling us about Misa and Mamun. If he did something that simultaneously he's Machayv himself, Misa and Mamun's payment, he only gets Misa and not Mamun. Lamadaino is on top of Chadim Misa and Malkus. And the other Pasuk is telling us Misa and Malkus. Namely, if he does something that he's simultaneously Chayv Misa and Malkus for, he's only going to get Misa and not Malkus. And it's Rich, we need both these psukim for Abmeir as well. The Ashmina Misu Mamun, if we only had the Pasuk of Misa and Mamun, I might say Mishim to Chadim Begufe, Chadim Mine. The one of these punishments is a bodily punishment. That's when we're killing him. And one of them is a financial punishment. So, Loy of Dino, and we're not going to 
didn't give him these two punishments. But when he did something that he simultaneously chayv Misa and Malkas for, both of them are a bodily punishment. I might say that Misa Richtehi is just considered like one long Misa, and we should give him both punishments. That's a bodily punishment, and then we kill him. And that's really just considered like one punishment. So therefore, we have to say, no, Misa and Malkas, he only gets Misa, not Malkas. And if we Misa Malkas, and if we only have the Pazik of Misa Malkas, I might say that since we have two punishments being enacted against his body, the Pasuk tells us no, only one punishment. But when we're dealing with something that he bechayv misa and mamanis for, it's technically two separate things. One's against his gof and one's mamanis. Perhaps I would say he get both punishments. That's why I need both psukim. But now the Gemara continues asking. The Pasuk says, Don't take kaifer, which means don't take a monetary payment for a person that committed murder. What do we need that Pasuk for? It seems to be that we already have psukim telling us that if a person's chayv misa, so he doesn't have to make a monetary payment. So Gemara says, no, that's not what the Pasuk's telling us. The Pasuk is saying, don't take a monetary payment from someone and potter him from getting killed. If Ruvain killed Shimon, so we're going to be killing Ruvain, the Pasuk's telling us, don't let Ruvain pay his way out of it and not get killed. He has to get killed and he's not allowed to pay his way out. The Gemara continues asking, the Pasuk tells us, don't take kaifer, which is a monetary payment for someone who has to run to an ir miklot. What do we need that for? We know that when a person kills Bishaygik, he kills inadvertently, he has to run to an ear miklat. This Pasuk is telling us, don't take a monetary payment from him. Again, that seems to be an unnecessary Pasuk because we already know that if a person is chayv one punishment, we're not allowed to be him a mominous payment either. So what do we need this Pasuk for? The Gemara says, no, that's not what the Pasuk is telling us. What the Pasuk is really saying is, don't take money from him and pater him from Golas. If he has to run to Golas because he killed Bishaygik, he's got to go to Golas and he's not allowed to pay his way out of it. The Gemara asks, okay, so a trade Kari Lemeli, what do we need to Pasuk him for? So the Gemara answers, chad one is telling us that if a person killed B'Shaygig, he's not allowed to pay his way out of going to Galas. And the other Pasuk's telling us if a person kills B'Mezid, he's not allowed to pay his way out of getting killed. And it's Rikhi, we have to have both Psukim. If we only had the Pasuk of Mezid, I might say that the only reason why he's not allowed to pay his way out of it is Mishim to Chamer Yisure, because his Isser is so Chamer, what he did, the Pasuk tells us that there's no way he could pay his way out of it and he has to get killed. But if a person kills B'Shaygig, it's not so Chamer. I might say that there's no problem to take Kaifer for him and he could pay his way out of going to Galas. So therefore, we need a Pasuk for Shaygig. And Yashmin and Shaygig, if we only have the Pasuk for Shaygig, I might say Mishim Deleka Ibn Neshama. Since there's not going to be a loss of life over here, we're not going to kill this fellow for killing Bishaygig. We just tell him to go to an Ir Miklat, so therefore he's not able to pay his way out of it. Aval Mezid, but if someone killed Bimezid, the Ik Ibn Neshama, there is a loss of life over there. We are going to be killing Ruvain for killing Shimon Bimezid. Aimalai, I might say, let's not kill Ruvain, let's just let him pay his way out of it, because it's better to save Nefesh Achas Misrael. We'd rather not kill someone if we don't have to. So Tricha, that's why we need that Pasuk for Mezid as well, to say he's not allowed to pay his way out of getting killed. The Gemara he was asking, the Pasuk tells us, And the land will not be atoned for the blood which was spilled in it, except by the blood of the one who spilled it. It seems to be that the Pasuk is telling us that if someone spilled blood, the only way we can atone for that is by spilling that other person's blood, and that he's not allowed to get away with a monetary payment. So the Gemara asks, Lamali, what do we need this Pasuk for? We already have a Pasuk for that. The Gemara says, no, we need that Pasuk for something totally different. The Brasa tells us, How do we know if the calf already got its head cut off? And then the murderer is killed. How do we know that he's not Pater and he gets killed? Because the Pasuk says, This Pasuk is referring to Egla Rufa, a person was found dead outside a city. Whichever city is closest to the body is held guilty for his death, and a whole procedure is done to atone for this. The main feature is when a calf, which is an Egla, is taken and beheaded from the back of the neck, the Iref, hence the term Egla Rufa. So that's what the Pasuk is teaching us. If they went through the whole procedure of the Egla Rufa and then they found the murderer, we're still going to kill that murderer. Ask the Gemara, how could that be? So what do we need this Pasuk of? This Pasuk is said in regard
regards to Egel Arufa, and it seems to be that this Pasuk is telling us that if we find the murderer even after the Egel Arufa is done, still we're going to kill him. So Gemara says, that's needed for a different price. The Barasa tells us, how do we know that if someone is Chayv Misa in Bezdin and he's going to be killed by the sword, that sword is meant to kill him by the neck and we don't stab him to death, we don't cut him in half, we just cut him by the neck. Tamalarma, the Pasuk says, what do we learn from here? Anyone that needs to be killed by Bezdin is compared to Egla Rufa. Just like the Egla Rufa is killed by the neck, so too when someone's killed by Bezdin with a sword, he's also killed by the neck. Ask the Mar if that's really so. Over there by Egla Rufa, it's killed by an axe on the back of the neck. So too, someone who needs to be killed by Bezdin by the sword, he should be killed not by a sword, but with an axe on the back of his neck. So Rav Nachman, says the Pasuk tells us, you should love your fellow as yourself. And what do we learn from here? You should choose a fine, nice, pleasant death for him. And it's far more pleasant to be killed by a sword at the front of the neck than by an axe on the back of the neck. The Gemara continues asking, the Pasuk tells us, any man who's been condemned, he's not allowed to be redeemed. Lumily, what do we need that Pasuk for? We already seem to have Sukkim to tell us that if a person's Chayav Misa, he's not allowed to pay his way out of it. So the Gemara says, no, we need this for the following. How do we know if a person's being brought out by Bezin to be killed, and then someone else says, the value of that person who's about to be killed is on me, meaning I take upon myself to donate his value to the Beis HaMikdash. How do we know that person is not in anything? Because the Pasuk says, any man who's been condemned, he's not able to be redeemed, meaning a person is not able to donate his value to the Beis HaMikdash because he doesn't have a value. And that's what the Pasuk's saying. You might think that the same applies even before there was Gmar Din. If even before Bezin says that this person is Chayv Misa, someone else says that person's value is on me, you might think that he's not Chayv to donate any money to the Beis HaMikdash. Tamalimer, that's why the Pasuk says, Min Adam from a person, Vlai Kala Adam, not every single person. There's a difference between before Gmar Din and after Gmar Din. The Gmar continues asking, He says, Narach, that person who's Chayv Misa does have a value, and therefore when someone else said that person's value is on me, he is Chayv to pay. And why is that so? Because an Erechen value is something which is set. Every single person has a set value. An Erechen value of a person is not totally on who you are. If you're tall or short or strong or weak, an Erechen value is set per person. So, even though this person is Chayav Misa, he still has an Erechen value. So, what does he do with this Pasuk of Kolcherem? The Gemara answers, he needs it for the following Brisa. He tells us, since we know someone who is Chayav Misa B'day Shemaim, for example, if a person's animal kills somebody else, the owner is Chayv Misa Shemaim, the Pasuk tells us that the animal has to be killed, the Gamba all of Yumas, and also the owner has to die. It doesn't mean that the Bezun is going to kill him, it means that he's Chayv Misa Shemaim. So how do we know that someone who's Chayv Misa Shemaim, that they could pay their way out of that, so to speak, and they'll get a Kapara? Shinemer, because the Pasuk says, Im Kaifer Yushas Olav, when you place Kaifer on him. Kaifer is a monetary payment that in essence redeems his soul from Misa. So Yachal, you might think, Afbidei Adam Kain, even if a person's Chayv Misa Bidei Adam, he's able to pay his way out of it. Tamalama, that's why we have the Pasuk, that if a person's been condemned by man, he's not able to be paid himself, he cannot pay a monetary payment and get out of the Misa Bidei Adam. We continue with this, I would only think that applies to a very Chamer type of Misa, that if a person would have done this act, there is no Kapara for that. There is no punishment mentioned for a person who did this thing, that he can now be Metakin what he did. For example, if Reuven kills Shimon, the Torah says he goes to Golas. But if one wounds his father, there's no punishment in the Torah for that. So in such a thing, I can understand that if a person did that, that he would not be able to pay his way out of the punishment. But 
what about misa is kalais, a lighter type of misa, that if a person did this thing b'shaigeg, there is some sort of kapara for that. For example, if a person's machal shabbos b'shaigeg, he would bring a carbon. Minayin, how do we know that if a person did it b'mezid, he's not able to pay his way out of it? Tamalama, that's why the Pusik says, kol cheirem. The Gemara asks, v'loy memela miloyseich chukaifer shamas mina, wouldn't you learn that memela from the Pusik of loyseich chukaifer, that loyseich gomo mayna minay v'tiftere, don't take money from him and pater him up from his punishment. In other words, the Pusik of loyseich chukaifer itself teaches us that anytime there could be a misa punishment, even if there isn't, because he did a b'shaigeg, he still wouldn't be able to pater himself with mamayin. So back to our original question, kol cheirem lamali, what do we need kol cheirem for? So Amr Amr Bar he answers, it's shech, we need the Pusik of kol cheirem. The Pasuk of Leisik Chukaifer is teaching us if a person kills in an upward motion. Derech Aliyah means he kills in an upward motion. If he did that Bishayig, he would have no Kapara. We know that a person goes to Gauls for killing Bishayig only if he killed in a downward motion, not in an upward motion. So you might think that if a person killed Bimezid in an upward motion, so that's what we have the Pasuk of Leisik Chukaifer for. Because if he did so Bishayig, he would have no Kapara for that. But if he killed in a downward motion, then in Kapara, that if he would have done that Bishaigig, he would have Kapara, he would be able to go to Galos, I might say that if he did so, Bimezid, namely, if he killed in a downward motion, Bimezid, that he would be able to pay his way out of it. Kamashmon, that's what we have the puzzle called for to tell us that even when he kills Derchirida, he's not going to be allowed to pay Mamain. But not only Rava, Rava Asram Barchama, Nafka. We learn that from Tanit Bechiskia. To Tanit Bechiskia, we have a Tana from the Besmej of Chiskia. He teaches us the puzzle says, Maka Adam, Maka We've already had this pasuk previously. The pasuk compares a person who strikes another person and a person who strikes an animal. Just like when a person strikes an animal and kills it. There is no difference if the person killed the animal or if he had kavana for one animal but killed this one or he killed the animal with a downward motion or an upward motion. In all those situations, he's not potter from paying money. He's chayv to pay. So too, when one strikes another man and kills him, we also make no differentiation between if he killed him shaygig mezid mischavin or not mischavin derchirid or derchalia. He's not going to be chayv money. He's going to be potter for a monetary payment. So we don't need the pasuk of kolcherim to tell us that if he killed derchirid or mezid that he's not going to be able to get out of that by paying a monetary payment. We already have it from this limud. So we're going to pause over here, right in the middle, asking a question on Rabbi Barchama. What does he do with this pasuk of kolcherim? For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.